listen to podcasts. My name is Johnny Shank. I'm a curator with the Independent Film Festival. My guest today is Mark Borison. On the podcast, we've been talking to people in many circles in the film scene of Cincinnati and the surrounding area. I think if you were to take all those circles and make them into a Venn diagram, that one little part of the Venn diagram where all of the circles actually overlap would just say on it, Mark Borison. Uh, He is a shining light in the film scene in these parts. And I don't think you can meet anybody who's done any kind of work with film or entertainment or media who doesn't know Mark and who doesn't have good things to say about Mark. Over the weekend, Independent was down at the Covington Oktoberfest. We were set up in the Sonder Brewing booth, selling all kinds of Oktoberfests and Hefeweizens and Kolsch and even their Hazy IPA. All great. And we were talking to people down there at the fest about Independent. And it was interesting for me to consider how to talk about Independent to some mildly drunk strangers with no context for what we do at Independent or even the concept of film festivals. What's the elevator pitch for Independent? What's the beard tent card reader pitch for those 30 seconds while the card reader is loading? I talked a lot about local talent, celebrating local actors, directors, writers. Talked about the pageantry of Memorial Hall, a beautiful venue. Made reference to the Sundance Film Festival. Kind of like the idea of, oh, do you know the Sundance Film Festival? Well, this is Cincinnati's version of the Sundance Film Festival. It's all about finding the best films out there and highlighting them and celebrating them. If people didn't know about the Sundance Film Festival, well, then it's a marquee Cincinnati event uh, in the vein of Flying Big Marathon or Taste of Cincinnati, Blink. You don't have to be a hardcore movie fan to appreciate a really beautifully run event that the whole city can be proud of. So that was the Covington Oktoberfest experience that was great to be a part of. On the topic of drinking beer and talking about movies and building connections, this Thursday, the 14th, will be our Sin to Social meetup at Esoteric Brewing in Walnut Hills um, in partnership with B3C, Black Cincinnati Cinema Collective. Be sure to mark that on your calendar, and we'll hope to see you there. Okay, I think that covers all the bases. This was a very fun episode to record. Here's me talking with Mark Borson.
Mark Borison is on the show today. What do you need to know about Mark? He's a comedian, actor, filmmaker, not just any comedian, actor, filmmaker. In City Beat's Best of Cincinnati 2023 rankings, Mark was voted Best Local Comedian, as well as Second Best Local Actor and Second Best Local Filmmaker. Would you believe, Mark, that when I first met you, I first knew you as Pig Boy? <laughs> I would believe that, though. I'm, I, you know, well, you saw me tagging Pete today. I was like, should have submitted it. Yeah, our Pete, Peter Raber. What do you remember about Pig Boy? About your Pig Boy um, experience? Well, you know, my Pig Boy. Honestly, it was one of those. Look, I, I went to school with Pete, uh, and oh, he's really? always been an awesome, creative guy. Yeah, we met at UC. Creative, fun guy, uh, and we had planned it out really well. But what I remember most is that that night was like the last awful hot night of the season. And it was oh, that yeah. funny thing where it had been like 70 degrees and cool the last couple of days. And then like, hey, we need you at like two in the morning at this house or whatever it was. And of course, it was like 110 degrees. I'm wearing like full clothes, like the apron, the pig mask. And they're like, can you see? And I'm like, no, but do I need to? If not, we're cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was great. Oh, my gosh. So much fun, though. <laughs> so this was a movie, a short film called Spaghetti Face uh, that I got involved with because we showed it at the Woodward Theater. And it was actually like the second movie that I ever did there uh, after I left yeah. Inspire. So this was like around two years ago, summer of 2021. Uh, you said you knew Pete. You know, like going back, back in the day, you guys have been friends? Yeah, so we, yeah, we went to UC. I, I think he, I'm guessing he would have graduated around 2006 or 2005, something like that. Uh, and I was like a year-ish behind. But oh, cool. uh, no, he's always just been like super creative. I remember he, a fun Pete fact. He was like the first person I knew in real life who made a successful application for the iPhone. And he had done this like, oh, pretty sure it was like an, an animated kid's book that he had written. And it was like the whole thing with a robot. It was very cute. Yeah, it's been a long time, so I'm probably misremembering some of the details. But like, he's doing that in like 2008, and we're just like, "Oh, how do we get on the app?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Meanwhile, uh, so- for me, I, around like 2013, I was like, you know, I've heard about this iPhone. I think I should probably check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Five years later, I yeah. tried to. Yeah, I tried to stay away forever, but I worked in cell phones briefly and was like, "Well, time to." create an addiction through the place i get a paycheck you know so that yeah. worked out good now i'm terminally online i've given up actually i just <laughs> yeah. i used to like monitor like you get the screen time notification every week i don't know if you get the screen mm-hmm. time every week oh yeah and i used to be like oh you know i'm 15 percent down from last week or whatever now i'm like no i'm not i'm really not even looking at it i'm just on there i'm on my phone <laughs> i'm not <laughs> putting it in the other room when i go to bed it's staying with me like it's over <laughs> It's one of those you hit the like silence notification on. You're like, let me hit that with the do not disturb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I, I'm not even trying. I'm just it won. The phone won and my brain is mostly gone. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> we're all we're all in it together. That's the good part. It's true. Yeah, we are. So to to set the scene a little bit, the first this movie Spaghetti Face at the Woodward, I believe it opens with a shot of you as Pig Boy holding a chainsaw. Yeah. And yeah, revving the going to town on something. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I wasn't really sure. It was a thing where I, he was like, "I have the scene for you. It's really simple. You're just gonna wear this pig face costume." And I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna do it." You know, excuse me. Right. Like, yeah, of course I'm gonna do this. 
And so went out. Yeah, it was amazing. So you can imagine, yeah. I hadn't seen it until we screened it that night, oh, too. Cool. So imagine my surprise at being like, oh, I'm the first thing that showed up in this movie. That's pretty cool little get. You know? Yeah. Well, to give you a little more behind the scenes, as I was saying, that's like my first time, second time doing a show there. And I was still learning how all the equipment worked and how to, I don't know, the flow. We just got the popcorn machine for the first time. Pete brought in like 160 people or more to to see the movie. So it was like a, a full house at Woodward. Oh, that uh, is And then so you crazy. were you were starring, you were in the film, but you were also hosting. Uh, you hosted this really fun Q&A after the show with um, a bunch of kids who were in the movie. Because it's really, it's like a kid's, <laughs> it's sort of like a Goosebumps kind of like horror short kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect description of it. Yeah, but my, so I'm flying around the Woodward just before the show starts realizing that I do not know how to hook up a wireless microphone to, <laughs> to the soundboard. And also like, yeah, trying to get the popcorn popping without burning the building down and all this stuff that we've never done before. You know, it's, it's simple details, but like doing it the first time, you're just like, okay, like I hope this works. And then all of a sudden there's crowds of people rolling in and whatever. <laughs> so I end up finding this just like really long mic cable and uh, hooking it up to the soundboard. I'm sure these are really interesting details to everyone. But what I want to say is... <laughs> I'm loving it. I was like, that was a great experience. Keep going. Yes. So I give you the mic. And then I feel bad because I'm like, I'm not doing a good job running this show. Like, he has to deal with this tangling cord. And you're kind of like, every time you go to, like, ask a question to a different kid, you're, like, at risk of, like, wrapping the mic cord <laughs> around your neck. This is just in my mind. But you're doing like you're spinning and doing moves and just like making it flow. And I was like, this guy is like not only is he a good actor, but like he can roll with anything. I was just very impressed. Oh, thanks, dude. I really appreciate that. I uh, no, I, I thank you very much. I'm sitting here going like, yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that for someone because I try to be just easy go. I'm like, let's just try to go with the flow as much as possible because I feel like there's constant dissent in everybody's lives all the time. And I'm like, you know what? My contribution to everything would be just like. Kind of have it that a little laissez-faire attitude, you know? Yeah, no, it was a it was a very memorable introduction, and then it's been awesome getting into the world of Mark Borson since then. Um, along those lines, uh, <laughs> I I loved your work in Spaghetti Face, but I wanted to ask you yourself if you have a favorite on-screen performance or on-screen moment of your own, um, perhaps a proudest moment on screen. Hmm. You know, I I'd say it's. I'm trying to think on like the on like the cinematic end. There's like a couple little bits uh the in subject six alpha two that I did with Allison. Uh I want to talk about this, I'm like, sure. oh, that's yeah. fun. Uh there's a liner tune for Illuminati. I, I always feel weird saying it because I'm like, yeah, I clearly wrote myself things I thought would be cool to do or say. It's <laughs> so called it's like, yeah. It's called writer, actor, <laughs> director, you know? Right. I'm like, yeah. I just, you know, early on I realized that I was like, I wanted to be actor but i was very i also quickly recognized i was like well there's no way anybody's going to cast me so i'm like i will definitely cast me so i better learn to write stuff but, yeah you say no oh, one will cast you but you've also you know you're a nationwide uh is it nationwide you're the spokesperson yeah, nationwide, that, how crazy is that yeah i got to say the i got to see the jingle i don't think it made any of the edits but i mean funny enough anytime i get a commercial bit i feel like lately i've been really privileged in that i get a lot of them that want to let me just they're like listen we kind of got you because we think you can just roll with this are right. you down right so like uh, i always think about most of the press conference thing for that i did for that pepsi nfl commercial during the pandemic yeah. where they were just pretty much like listen mark here's the deal 
you're going to go kick Sam Hubbard out of his own press conference. Like, what would you do? And I'm like, I would just kind of be a jerk, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to crank up the self-centered. Like, go for it. And you're then like, that was I'm they... the most important one in this room. Like, out of the way, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I mean, literally, I'm just like, bye-bye, like, giving him the hands and stuff. I, I, I was just sitting there like, I can't believe we're doing this. And mind you, that was like in the height of COVID. So oh, wow. maybe part of my... It was like no. June 2020. So I remember in particular, no one was close to each other. It was the first time I'd ever been on set where the client wasn't there. They were literally mm-hmm. just an iPad on a like, like a little C-stand. Oh, and wow. they were like set up to watch the clips. And then they would like in between buzz in. You can't, you know, it's a tablet, so you can't hear anything useful. And oh, they're just wow. like, yeah, you know, the uh, greater we can go ahead and do this a little differently. And then it was just an amazing experience across the board. By the way, everyone was like super pro. It was fun and everything. But that's like, I think yeah. my overall favorite little gig. Cause I was just like, Oh, you let me shine in a way mm. that I thought was cool. But also it kind of validated what I thought was cool. in that the director for this Pepsi ad, who by the way, is making yeah. a bunch of great short films himself right now. His name's Vincent Lynn. Uh, nice. I'm just like, this guy thinks that this is worthwhile. <laughs> like he put his name on it. So I was just like, what a cool experience, you know, it just felt, I don't know. It was, oddly proud in that moment <laughs> i mean yeah that's an iconic moment that i think anybody listening to this would like you've seen it even if you don't know that you've seen it you've seen this image of mark uh standing at the press <laughs> at the taking at my shirt press conference off, like... Pepsi. yeah <laughs> it's that it's was, like permeated say... into our sub subconscious yeah it's part of the cincinnati like you know you like get into the lore i will say the shirt lifting scene was like one of the few things that was definitely in the script though so that's i always thought that was funny where i was like no the one thing that's very on brand for me that was a request you know okay yeah it's like a running that's really just a joke for me and my dad ultimately who we always beefed whatever i would do like fake shirt like not fake but like I obviously don't have a traditional model build. We'll put it that way. And anytime I would do like shirtless comedy photos, it was like, he's like, what are you doing? And then you can imagine my excitement one day being like, hey, dad, isn't this funny? Uh, Pepsi wants me to take my shirt off because they think it's hilarious. Look at me now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Message to the haters. <laughs> Pepsi wants me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I was just like, I can't believe this is my life. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> That's, man, I mean, and I'm, I'm always just looking forward to more opportunity to perform things i want to try different stuff you know yeah and i mean speaking of trying different stuff i think a lot of people would also know you even people who know you and, and love you as you know mark cincinnati's mark Morrison, and then also people who are like oh yeah the guy who did the chili bath thing you know so that's that's up you know <laughs> you know what i mean um <laughs> there was the chili bath incident which the funny thing to me was i mean um, the whole stunt is just one Insane. of our proudest moments as a city um <laughs> right but uh, we all came together <laughs> did that stunt happen after the Bengals won one game in the playoffs it or was, was it was the Super Bowl? I think so it was no it was the one right before so okay pardon my ignorance but I don't really follow football so I'm like uh it was yeah. it was the like the you're, you're hanging out with game, the players right? you're you know like, profiting know, off I, of I their swear. successes <laughs> but you don't care <laughs> I always, I swear, I get those opportunities because they're like, this guy doesn't care about this genre. Let it bring him in, you know? Um, That's acting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I just think, so, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, God. Well, I believe, if I'm remembering right, that the stunt, you did the stunt after the Bengals won one game, like the right. first round like of the, the playoffs. 
Yeah, and so then they had a second one, and then it was the Super Bowl. Is that the lineup, right? Is it three in total? Yeah, I think. Well, I think they. Oh boy, now I need to show off if I know about sports or not. Um, they would have. Here's won what I remember: it was like the it was the and, final championship game the week the or not the week, but like right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, the the point. The only thought I had about that was like it was a very sad state of Cincinnati sports that we would be like wildly celebrating like a first round win, but the, oh, yeah, for sure. And in Cincinnati for like thirty years, so. <laughs> So it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny because like I moved here at, right after they were good. So like the entire time I've lived here, they've been terrible, yeah. like comically bad. And then we had this one really good year. It was kind of funny, which is why I did the bit in the first place. Because yeah. I was just being silly. I literally just wrote a joke that was like, LOL, <laughs> in like my best Beavis or Butthead voice, like. I find like we won a game. I finally get to bathe in Chile and it just went out of control. And yeah. I had to call, ju- I had to call jungle and be like, Hey jungle. So I know you're not on the internet a lot, but I made this joke online and now people expect me to do this stunt with 25 gallons of chili. And he was pretty much just like, yeah, babe, just don't mess the carpets up. I was like, let's do it. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Um, and that was with gold star, right? All gold. T- oh yeah supplied they yeah. were at the time at the time they were the official chili of the Bengals. oh very good oh yeah and then they yeah it away they yeah. just switched i know right that was i still have a lot of love for them yeah i remember i don't know if you were tracking this but it that was like my whole twitter feed one day i was like wow i really must be a cincinnati <laughs> person because the whole twitter feed was like i can't believe skyline is the new sponsor like gold star has been with them since the beginning <laughs> yeah right it's sort of crazy it's like as soon as they have the opportunity to jump and ship i get it Follow the money train. I'm trying to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. And you've dug into uh, all of deeply into that world too with, um, you briefly mentioned Chiluminati. I just wanted to shout that out. <laughs> I want to say, Hey, you know what? And yeah. I want to shout you guys out for this because yeah. I swear it's like, I think about these little moments that happen in life that help you just get to the next step of whatever you're trying to do. But I think one of those moments for me was the inaugural syndependent where I got to be in like the opening night, like the fun opening block. I, I think it was just called the opening block, but it was like the main one we did at Woodward Theater. Yeah. And I got a lot of like a lot of uh, great feedback and it was cool and obviously notoriety out of it. The sequin jacket didn't hurt, but um, so it was I, a really great night. So thank you. Well, you're welcome on behalf of Independent. I was probably just closing down the Esquire at that era. So I didn't get to experience <laughs> the opening night. <laughs> team um but what was your what was your role what what was your participation in that opening night that year? oh um well you know it was like the funny thing is at that point i really hadn't made much besides i was doing like technical videos so i was making like effectively technically proficient content and i, I just had this epiphany one night where i was like i want to make something i care about instead of just things for work so yeah. we made that and it was i think i want to say allison found us through because uh, we won a bunch of awards at the Cincinnati 48-hour film contest that year. Oh, um, and I screened as a part yeah, of it. Yeah, yes. So I, I think that's I, how, and I think that's how I got involved at all with, like, Independent in the first place. So I was like, I think that's how I got on their radar. And then me and Allison became cool after that. And it was like, all right, let's make cool stuff, you know? Okay, so you had you submitted to uh, to the festival that year? Hadn't even yet because it was well. So the reason why though is that I'm pretty sure that was part of the deal with 48 that year because I think the con- the festival was already going. You know, it was, we knew it was coming that fall, 
mm-hmm. but it was i think that year we did i want to say it was like june or may ish it was like just a couple months before the event and it was like the top three ranking films were getting played at syndependent so i know we got one uh i know the strong brothers had a short that got in and then there was like a third group that was like a really high budget Oh. I don't, I forget their name, but they were another, it was like another family name, like, oh, the Guglieri brothers. Or, I don't, that's not close at all, but, you know, it's a funny sounding name for sure. It is. But... Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, the last um, guest on the show, I was, I was talking with Bernard Fields, who. Oh, I love him. Well, yeah, was leading um, 48 hours for a little while. So you guys probably crossed paths. I didn't real. I had no idea that um, Chiluminati was originated as a 48 hour film project that just makes my respect grow you know Cream thank cut. you i appreciate that well speaking of um this uh, is great because uh we're speaking about syndependent opening night in 2018 you're a friend of syndependent you're a, a luminary in the cincinnati film community so it just so happened that you're able to get your hands on uh some trainers of things that we have coming out yes opening night 2023 um one of these films um, uh, tangentially related to the food topic is uh, I'm a, listen as a fan of diners I feel like I was well represented in this yes <laughs> is, I mean there's a lot of great diners and movies you know like Quentin Tarantino and uh, oh for sure brothers and everybody loves to have a good diner scene um, so true sacks right up with those guys if I if I dare say so there's a little short film that we're going to be showing on opening night it's independent 2023. It's a Friday night, September 29th. Film is called Night Cafe. Did you like Night Cafe? <laughs> oh, dude, I loved it. I mean, I cool. think I was in early on it. It, mm-hmm. it. One of the things I kept thinking about as I've been going through the screeners is that it is interesting to me that even though I would say technology from 2018 to 2023 is like not dramatically different, sure. but I would wager that things have progressed in a positive enough way that every one of these that I started, I like, so I got through all of night cafe. I started on attrition. They all look so professional. Right. And I'm not trying to speak ill of my work or anyone's work. That was a few years ago, but it is inc- from the rip on this. As soon as I started, I was like, Oh my gosh, the lighting, super pro, the camera works, super pro, the yeah. acting, everybody in it was like incredibly natural. I was dude. I, I really had a good time with it. Yeah, Night Cafe is like a big swing for short film. And I'm excited to see where it will go from here. Like, I don't know if it's yeah some Oscar qualifying festivals. Like, I think it might, I think it's building some momentum. It stars two that guys, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. From, right. uh, <laughs> there, there's a that guy from uh, Uncut Gems um, plays the, right. the diner manager. And then a guy who I had to be reminded of this because I was like, this guy looks familiar, but the one of the patrons in the cafe did you recognize he's um his name is gene jones but he had a small role in no country for old men he was the oh god gas station owner where um javier bardem oh the, anton yeah like flips a coin up with him yeah so he's, oh and that he's also going to be in killers of the flower moon um well that's awesome yeah so, so now I'm trying to picture which guy he was in this. Was he the older gentleman at the guy. as like that? Okay, I, I and it's funny because I kept looking at the two that guys during this, and I could have just dove deeper because all the time I'm like, damn, do I, why, do I recognize this guy? And then I did it again with the other gentleman, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's kind of I feel again I'm happy to be a little validated here in that I'm like, oh yeah, cool, they were that guys. They were. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they deliver. Yeah, the Uncut Gems guy, it's like the um, the deck collector, I guess. He's the guy who's kind of coming after Adam Sandler during that whole movie. And he has yeah. like, literally like aggro, crazy energy in Night Cafe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the whole time I was, I'll be honest, every time he'd come in, I was like, this is very intense. And I was so curious where it was to go with him. And I'll say, I without I trying not to spoil it, I was surprised with where it did go with him. Yes. Yeah, it's a short that that leaves some questions at the end, which I like. So I think it'll be fun yeah. to analyze afterwards with, um, you know, do Q&A and everything we're going to have. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you're talking about like the cinematic quality and just the the high level that it's operating on, the director of the film actually has some pedigree, which we share a little bit of crossover on as well. He yeah. was part of the directing team of this film that came out a couple of years ago that was also made in Columbus. Night Cafe, you should mention, is all, is a Ohio film shot in Columbus as well. But he was part of the team that made Poser. Um, oh, I loved Poser. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to put that on at the Woodward uh, last year, last summer, and you came out for that one. The plan was that you were going to host a Q&A and, and do a little, you know, intro. Oh, and- that's right. And they got sick or something that week, right? Yeah, the director. Oh. So Ori Segev, who is the one of the directors of Poser, got sick. And so he wasn't able to make it down. And he just he sent a little message down. But uh, but we got to watch that one together. And uh yeah, it's that movie was made, you know, small budget, low budget here in Ohio, and then got picked up by um, Oscilloscope, which is kind of like an indie distributor, yeah. A24 vein, you know, it's gone on. I mean, it's built a following and it's really uh, they're going places with that movie. So it's cool to see yeah. them now back, you know, with with Night Cafe um, kind of yeah. continuing to do awesome work just here in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I uh, I really, really enjoyed Poser, and that all makes so much sense with this, too, because it has kind of a similar, at times, similar emotional vibe, it feels like, in that it is slightly uneasy. And I, I and at times, I was like, where are we going with this? What's happening? What's the, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Damn, I'm so glad to hear that connection, too, because, like, Poser yeah. is one of those ones that when you told me about it, I was like, oh, I got to go make time for this. And I really, that was definitely one of the more fun recent screenings I've been to. Yeah, that was sweet. I also am just thinking they both kind of center young women who are a little bit in over their heads, you know, which is a genre That's that a, I like. Me too. Yeah, there's a kind of a, a waitress at the the center of, of Night Cafe. And then Poser, it's a, a young podcaster who's making her way into the kind of uh, underground rock scene in Columbus, which apparently exists. Yeah. It makes both of these movies. I already like Columbus, but both of these movies made me want to spend more time in Columbus. Yeah. I wanted to, with Poser, a little kind of behind the scenes with Fest, as far as festival world goes, uh, I believe that we missed the opportunity to show it. Uh, well, it's independent, missed the opportunity to show it in 20. 19 i want to say or might have even been 2020 it might have been when we were doing everything online but just in terms of like the ecosystem of film festivals it's just i like seeing the journey of you know somebody makes a movie in ohio like poser or like night cafe and then they get festivals and then it goes from this sort of project with your friends to you know you can actually take that movie and not now be nationally distributed yeah with these what actors everything like that so it's just that's what I, my dream is for and what my expectation is for the festival this year, too, that we're going to be part of launching, you know, this group of great movies on to even more things. 
that's going to be so cool. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that was my experience with Independent five years ago. So I know it only stands a reason that you guys keep improving and doing bigger, cooler stuff like this. So yeah, well, that I'm was, in, dude. See, that was a bad job by me as a podcast host because I more made a statement. And I didn't turn it into a question, so I apologize for that. But I'll try to make <laughs> up for it by asking you this question. Ooh, you mentioned uh, on the in terms of the festival scene and getting your work out there that after you made Illuminati, you were like, "Hey, Allison West, cool person, doing cool things." And yeah, stuff. we should work together. And then you did work. Yeah, together. made a short film called Subject Six Alpha Two. Yeah, I got to see it as well. Super fun, kind of like Black Mirror, um, kind of like weirdly predicting quarantine stuff <laughs> in 19 or whenever you made it. Um, Isn't that insane? Dude, I, I watched it, it now. It almost has sk- like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just laughing. I'm like, it's made me afraid to make anything serious since because I'm just like, oh, it came true. <laughs> like, Three months after the premiere, too. I'm like, oh no, 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 the world's ending. It's don't insane. It. We accidentally made this. Don't don't make an asteroid movie. Or like... <laughs> all of my movies now are just gonna be about a guy who looks like me finding briefcases of money everywhere. And it'll be incredibly dramatic and serious and that's <laughs> and not getting chased down by Javier Bardem <laughs> and killed. No, it he it will be, but he'll just also be delivering me another briefcase of money. He's like, I'm very happy to see you. It's just an incredibly positive movie. I don't know what the message will be, but it's I'll good. have all those briefcases of money. It won't matter. <laughs> I would love, yeah, like if, uh, maybe it wouldn't have won Best Picture had quite the legacy, but if the end of No Country for Old Men was just, uh, what, oh, Sugar, is that the guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> like catching up to Josh Thanos? I was called him Josh Hartnett, uh, Josh Brolin. <laughs> I was like Thanos, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Catching up to him and then being like, hey, man, here's another suitcase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got the wrong one. Yeah, I don't oh, know. That's good. Oh, he's just a helpful guy. Yeah. He's... <laughs> <laughs> um, I would... I'm sorry, I totally derailed your question, though. No, yeah. Oh, my question. Let's see. We were talking about Alpha Subject 6, Alpha 2. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, people might think that it's just another, just another quarantine movie, just another pandemic movie. But the fact is, you know, yeah, as we established, you made it before the pandemic. Now, <laughs> what's the dirt on Allison West? What's your? Oh man, have, you, have you met her yet? <laughs> uh, that was it. honestly, I got really lucky with that entire feud with everybody involved. Like it, like. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, there were zero problems on a short f- film set that had very little money going into it. Like, obviously, every every creation is always, like, a born out of a little strife. But, like, everybody on the acting side were great. Like, uh, obviously, Allison, Sharon Ford was really great in it, too. I, I Honestly, I really like the interplay between the two of them. I thought that was a really probably like one of the highlights of the movie for me, you know. Also getting shot in the face. <laughs> I guess that's a spoiler, but um, I didn't say who, but I just enjoy when that happens in films. But uh, <laughs> now now I'm, legit, I'm earning that lunatic moniker. Um, what is Allison's process as an actor? I think people... I feel like that, that's a good question, but I feel like that's probably not even like a great example of the time because like because I was trying to be involved in all aspects of this... I was I was like she and I were like going over lines and then I'm like, are you okay long enough now that I can go run and check on whatever other fire is going on in the other room? Great, I'll be right back, kind of a thing. 
But, uh, you know, um, I remember just going again, like running these lines with her. And she had a lot of like, I don't know, I'm the type of guy in general that with the somewhat laid back attitude where I do want, especially when I'm collaborating with other creatives, I'm like, I do want you to put something into this. Like, I don't want this to be like the Mark Borison project. And then there's like pieces of other people in it. Like to me, that's no fun. So here's a great example. There is a scene where someone, I guess we'll say Allison is not the one who gets shot in the face, but somebody gets shot. Mm. Uh, And uh, in the original play, the script, it's just sort of like a harsh, like button the shirt up kind of like, let's straighten this up and get back to business. Mm. And when we did it, she brought this like laugh moment out. And I remember the moment being like, oh, that's a cool idea. Because it was like, Mm. it played up this idea that her character who was like involved in this whole weird situation was like, so what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like emotionally uninvolved that like this death was funny to her. It's so rote that it was funny. And I was just like, what a great addition, you know? And I thought it played really well in the scene. Uh, I, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to say this as best without like super spoiling a <laughs> short from four years ago. I, I remember that being like, that was like a really standout moment to me. I mean, yeah, without, you know, overly being overly deferential i did i do think that sounds like allison where she would you know analyze something and then be like how can i elevate this here or there or you know to exactly put into it so that's fun did yeah, you i was yeah. really complimentary about the script from the jump because like what happened was is, it was like right after independent and we were both kind of like do either of us have anything we're working on uh and she had loved these days which i worked on a little bit with her and then Oh, yeah, we had uh, and then we did subject six together, too. And so it was like a fun little thing back and forth. So it was it was it was cool. It was nice. It was one of those times where there was somebody I didn't really know very well at the time who was clearly investing time into my creativity, too. So I was very appreciative of it, you know, that she was like, hey, I read the script. I think this is a lot of fun. Uh, if you're looking for somebody, I'd love to do this. You know, that's awesome. I, if I can inspire anybody, anything just. Yeah occasionally be unabashedly yourself but then learn from your mistakes also also like <laughs> camp it down <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like you have to be a little bit of a self-loather you have to know your product isn't always good so just find a lot of people who you trust to tell you when you suck that's like a great life tip if you know that's like my favorite part about my talent agent he's like the one guy that if i do something and i'm like hey, Peter, is this stupid? He'll be like, yes, it is very stupid. Why would you even think this wasn't stupid? I'm like, I'm just making sure you're earning your 20%, man. You know? <laughs> I just, I want to run something by you here that- Hit me. Mind, because I think you're someone who would appreciate this. And, you know, there might be other people out there who would find this interesting. Did you ever watch uh, Stella or- Oh, yeah. I Not as intently as the other ones. And I think it was just because the- when that came out, I didn't have cable. So it was like, I just totally missed a good portion of it. But that was still what? Uh, Showalter and Mike Lee and Black and right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showalter, uh, David Wayne. Yeah. So Michael Showalter, and they were did like Wet Hot American Summer and all this stuff that we love. Of course, so good. Uh, but I read an interview or heard an interview with Michael Showalter at one point where he was like, I realized in terms of like, be yourself. And now my cat is mm-hmm. my computer. So it's, it's inevitable. <laughs> No one, Mark, to think that, like, I don't know, an earthquake is happening on the side of town. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hell yeah, Covington wins again. I'm quake-free. <laughs> yeah. Don't put it in your next film. because <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is he's saying, like, I realized there was a cap to, like, how far I could go by being myself. He's like, only so many people 
seemed to enjoy it when I was like most fully myself in the, in some of their projects. So then so true. I read that interview and I was like, well, I love you, Michael Showalter, like never change. Like you're one of the funniest guys around and I hope you don't feel like you have to change to, to whatever. But now he's just been making these like pretty safe, like middle of the road comedies directing. Yeah. Them. Made um that one with Kumail Nanjiani. Oh the, yeah. Um, good, I think. Sure. But it was much but not like, not not like zany like their other stuff has been, and then he made when this- you called it safe that makes that's a great descriptor right because it's like good but you're like all right well you know yeah yeah exactly and then he made um the eyes of Tammy Faye which is like a televangelist movie that's oh okay like- and Jessica Chastain won an Oscar for her role in that and I'm like Michael- no kidding yeah but he's sort of just like faded into being like I will direct your like dramedy. And it'll be solid and you won't even know that it's me, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird, but also I'm like, listen, buddy, get that money. He, yeah. He's you know, way richer than he's ever been now. Like I'm sure. And probably relaxed a little bit because I'm sure while these are well-made, I'm sure they're not like, I feel like if you're something you're only like mostly passionate about, you can get through it pretty easy on autopilot a little bit. Not that I'm suggesting he's doing it. That is purely what I would do in that situation. So I'm just sitting there going like, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the Tammy Faye one, was that, is Steve Zahn in that one too? Um, I think it's like Andrew Garfield was like the lead. But okay. Zahn is a side role. The thing is, is, Steve Zahn did something. He was like up in this area. I remember for a film festival thing at, for the students at NKU. Oh, like yeah. a year or so ago. Wait. And then I remember he went off and I thought he went to shoot something Tammy Faye related, but I I don't think the cast is the same at all. But now I'm like, well, I know what I'm Googling after this. You know what? There's, hold on. Am I really confused? There's a show called George and Tammy. Okay. That's maybe that's what it was that yeah. he was filming. But then there's the eyes of Tammy Faye. What Which is like? an actual film, right? It. I think Jessica Chastain is in both projects. So maybe she's just like exclusively playing Tammy Faye on screen. He loves Tammy Faye. That would be amazing. Imagine that was like part of her contract. You're like, listen, the next three pictures I'm doing, they are all Tammy Faye based or at least inspired by her makeup. You know, (laughs) Michael Keaton is like, oh, yeah, I'll come back and play Batman in the Flash. And she's like, (laughs) again, it's a great character. (laughs) Yeah, right. He's just like, listen, I get to say I'm Batman again. And people will clap in theaters. They did. Well, actually, we did. They, I think like eight people saw them flash in theaters. <laughs> I wanted to to highlight the fact that uh, um, we haven't even touched on this yet, that you have been hosting a podcast of your own, a very successful podcast over at Jungle Gyms. And you, just you. recently released your 100th episode, um, for which I, I uh, congratulate you. Thank you so much. I can't believe it. It's like crazy how fast time goes now. Yeah, 100 episodes is like, that's some serious time devoted to that thing. It's incredible. A lot of food, a lot of tasting, a lot of brands. It's been awesome. I mean, what a fun, crazy place to work, you know? Yeah. And it's really refreshing to be in a, not, you know, I mean, I know we're independently owned and family run and all that stuff. And so it's not like corporate, corporate, but, you know, I mean, it is still a professional job. So it's, it's nice to be in a situation like that where not only is your creativity valued, but like almost like relied on, you know? Yeah. And it's I, crazy to think about, you know, I'm just, I feel really happy and privileged to be there. It's been a cool, 
cool ride. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, tune in, everybody. We got good stuff happening all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I like what you're saying because it's like Jungle Gyms has been a brand in Cincinnati that's sort of out of the box, out of the ordinary, has its own kind yeah. of like energy that, you know, if you move here, if you live in Cincinnati, you know about it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's like there's some interesting stuff going on over there. And I feel like you sort of like took that and ran with it and have elevated the brand and the identity that was already there. But now it's sort of like you're exponentially going places with it, which is really, really cool to see. That's and awesome. You, Thank you. Yeah. And it, yeah, you got, you get to bring all kinds of guests on there. Like you're saying, you get to do all kinds of stunts with your products. Are there any brands, yeah. any, any specific products <laughs> that stand out? <laughs> uh Honestly, the weird sodas are definitely up there. I did a funny one with Johnny Fairplay from Survivor, and we did butter soda. We did um, one with barf soda, and it honestly it made him sick. Straight up barf and soda. So, yeah, yeah, and it's it was really it was like weird because when you tried it, it kind of reminded me of like squirt or fresca nice. at first. You're like, and so I was like, oh, it's like a tart grapefruit, and then it sours, and then you get that like acid stomach note. And I got through it. Johnny did not. And I felt really bad about it. But what a good guy. (laughs) Probably camera before. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I'm sure they did that on Survivor at some point. You know, but like, oh, man, there's been some weird stuff. Durian. I mean, that's a common one. But durian is great. And I have a theory about it. Oh, durian is a notoriously smelly fruit. So it is popular in some Asian cultures. Uh, it kind of like from the outside, if you've ever seen a jackfruit, they kind of look similar. They're like a big spiky thing. But I joke that we like to play a game at work. Uh, is it a gas leak or is someone cutting durian? Because like when you cut into durian, people say it smells like a corpse. So I'm like, I guess I know what a corpse smells like now. And wow. it was kind of like the scent of it was unbelievable, Johnny. Like imagine, imagine you were like, hey, you know, it sounds like a good idea. I got all these sweaty gym socks. I'm going to put them in a bag with onions and I'm going to forget about that bag for about nine months. And then one day I'm going to find it and I'm going to smell it without thinking. That's kind of the smell of durian. Like it is. You painted a beautiful. Yeah. Like I in my nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you get an idea. And it's crazy. <laughs> it was, what was really weird. And I have this theory that it might have either some sort of genetic. We have a genetic thing or it's like the pheromone thing. Kind of like, uh, you know, some people think cilantro tastes like soap. Mm-hmm. I don't think cilantro tastes like soap. I think it tastes you, great. I've I've evolved. I can and see, and, that, and you know, I think that's really cool. I kind of think the same thing happens for durian because when I tasted it, it smelled like dead body until it like really hit my receptors on my tongue, and then almost instantly the smell dissipated entirely, and it was like kind of. I, I always tell people it's like it reminds me of generic tropical punch flavor, but it was like the texture of somewhere between mushy banana and loose custard or pudding. Like it's a weird, it's a, a whole an odd experience. And what I think, the reason I have this theory about the whole either pheromones or the genetic thing is that I've talked to other people who've tried it. And some people are like, yeah, I had a similar experience, but I didn't get quite that taste. Or that I had one guy recently, he was like, you, you're almost right. But he's like, but for me, it tasted like garlic ice cream. And I'm like, that's insane. But I can kind of see it. He was like, a lot of people thought it was weird. I thought it was delicious. So I don't know. So now I would encourage everybody to try durian under the pretense that it might taste like garlic ice cream. It might taste terrible, but it could be like I had one of the most refreshing tropical treats I've ever tasted in my life. 
that's pretty amazing. Is that is it meant yeah. to be on its own? I is- believe so. And like it's so funky that like some countries have outlawed you from even being able to bring it on public transit because like it'll smell through the bag. The next time you're in the store, I'll take you to the durian case because they have it like in like a almost like a sealed freezer. <laughs> and if you open it, you can definitely get the funk. Like you're like, oh, that is an unfortunate smell. <laughs> but once you crack into it and overcome the the corpse like nature of it, you're gonna like what you experience. Or, I hope so. Or, or, or you might devising a maybe like um a way to test. Some, some physiological chemical thing of the way that this strikes you will tell you something about your palate. For sure. I think that's probably, I bet that is a thing. And, you know, the thing is we find this more and more often with different fruits, vegetables, seasonings, you know, there's the way people have their taste receptors and their taste buds work are uh, not always a hundred percent accurate between each other. And by the way, yeah. I see what COVID has done to people with that too. Right. We're like, you know, I know people whose like taste buds are totally opposite now. And like, Ever. Oh, hey, I can't be in a room with an onion anymore or I'm ready to throw up, you know, kind of a thing. That's interesting. Are you a super taster? I don't think so. Okay. But I've always been a little unclear on some of the specifics of that because like I in some regards, I'm like, oh, well, maybe for certain things I might be. But then I think that's not how it works. So I'm just like, I'll just say no. Yeah. I dated someone who claimed to be a super taster. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I want I want to believe, but it seemed like it was just a way to be allow yourself to not eat certain things because like it was like and, oh flavors hit me too intense, you know. And it's like yeah, it's just hard out here for a super taster for sure. That's uh, so that's kind of clever. And look, we all know people that do that kind of that kind of thing where you're like, I'm actually evolved to the point where my dislike of this simple thing is actually just part of who I am. You're like, come on, it's fine. You're allowed to not like a tomato. It's fine. You know? Yeah. And they're like, I know you like tomatoes. That's just because you're not, you know, quite as. Right. <laughs> as uh, maybe if you could just get to the next level, you'd understand what I thought, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. In your line of work, maybe you don't want your taste buds to be too evolved. Yeah. I like being a bit of an idiot, you know? Sure. Well, it's like I want I, I, I want to provide the audience an easy grab-on point too, right? Because like, you know, I sat down with a bunch of sommeliers when I first started the job to do a tasting. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I cannot imagine trying to learn about wine by talking to these people in this specific setting, right? I've since befriended a lot of these same people. And one-on-one, I'm like, oh no, there I was wrong. But like sitting in that room with a bunch of experts talking at a very high level about something, even for someone like me who I was like, I'm, I have a vested interest in this. This mm-hmm. is like a topic I want to learn more about it was hard to dive in because they were like a little too knowledgeable and speaking in ways that didn't quite make perfect sense to somebody who didn't know any of the, any of like the vernacular they were using. And then in time, you know, it changed. But so like when I pitched what I was doing in the first place, I was like, guys, I know enough to be able to talk to the experts, but I also don't know so much that I'm not also learning on the show, which I think will make the audience a little more willing to engage. And they're like, oh, this dude's never tried it. Okay, well, that's all right. Oh, he hated this too. That's cool. You know, and then it's like, they, they, people want a genuine experience. They want to see you and I talking about movies we loved, you know, they for do. example. Yeah. And uh, let me, let me tell you this. You have a great way with words. I don't know if you practice like through 
the throwing onions in a gym bag and see, I don't even remember, but it was so good. The way <laughs> that's the skill. That's and so good. Thank you. It, it allows you. And like you're saying, you don't want to be inaccessible to people. You want people to right. be able to go on the journey with you. I, yeah, I'm, I've enjoyed just receiving. Yeah, thanks for the support, dude. Seriously. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're the, the audience avatar for the, the food journey. Mark, we have to end. We have to end the episode. Let's do it. It's been great. Thank you for having me. I've had a really, truly fun time talking to you. I want to. I want to give you the opportunity at the end here. If there's anything coming up on your, this is coming out on September 11th, of course. Anything coming up for you that you'd like the people to know about? I've got like a billion projects I want to talk about, but I'm like still early enough that I feel like I'd be embarrassed for how long it'll take me to really get going on it. Like I'm working on a little documentary right now, but I'm like pretty early on on it. And it'll be like, it'll be fun. My goal is to make it fun because I'm hot on the edutainment thing where I'm like, I actually want some stuff, but I also want to do something in silly and very on brand for me. Uh, and I've, I've been working on it for a while, but just at a gl- absolutely glacial pace. So that's, just, I guess, stay tuned for that. You know, the podcast, I've, I've got that going. I've got a couple things on that end where, like, I just went to, like, an Amish produce auction, which was hilarious that they let me bid on fruit. Um, but it's beautiful looking. I'm trying to think what else. We've got, I've got, I'm, I'm forgetting some dates. I have a stand-up performance, I believe, tentatively scheduled for some time in October. I haven't done one of those in a few years now. Awesome. So that'll be interesting to see if I'm still funny in public. Um, stay tuned. I, I, yeah, I'm hyped. I mean, obviously, uh, this is my next plug to be like, come to Independent. Um, oh, and you, then I, you didn't have to say, say that. Oh, I know, but yeah. but you have been pointing weaponry at me the entire show. Mm-hmm. I think that's about it. I've got a. Uh, I'm hosting a uh, burlesque show for Halloween on October 28th at the. Is it at Memorial Hall? Gosh, I'm terrible at this. This is why I'm like, listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, this guy sounds like he could use an assistant. I, you're right. You should reach out to me. <laughs> Isn't markborson.com? Is that a thing? Uh, no, I thought about that. So I actually, so funny enough, my dad is also a Mark Borison, uh, oh. and he owns the domain and is very worried that I will let it lapse. This domain, he's not using it. So if we could all just get together with me right now and publicly shame my dad for not giving me the keys to the GoDaddy kingdom right now. I'm like, I'm good for it, dad. I'll pay for it. You know, what's he got going on? That's so big. Oh, that's the thing. He's like so private and silly about this stuff. But like, it's funny because we have a similar temperament, but he's like from the last generation where like you couldn't have been successful, funny, or it would have been like way harder. But he and I have a very similar kind of energy, a little snarky, a little sarcastic, constantly laughing at our own jokes, pretty good in a room with people. Um, But no, he just does like business consultation stuff. Like he's been a real estate guy. So he's not even worried about it. He doesn't even want to be on the grid. It's like that again. Dad, you'll listen to this eventually. Give me the damn domain. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> just go check out what Mark's dad is doing. I think is what you really need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if you just look up the other Mark Borison, that sounds way more successful. That is him. Yeah. But I guess if you do Google us now, this was a fun note. If you Google us now, Google has decided I'm worthy of having a page. Like, so if you look me up, I like show up like I banner. It's very, it was a very surreal moment to get the email from Google. Like, hi, Mark, you've been searched enough that you now have a page. So it's like, I think they have me listed as like producer now, but at first it was film director and they pulled a bunch of stuff from like film freeway. It's kind of, kind of blew my mind to be honest with you. So I, to me, that feels more legit than like getting Twitter verified, you know? Dude, it was. It felt way more legit because I didn't have to like 
but because back in the day you had to like grovel to get verified on social media sites i'm like here's my driver's license here's like one of them i remember before they started charging for it one of the ones had me put in i'm sorry this is like this is the most midwest goodbye ending to a podcast ever uh (laughs) but they had me put in like they were like submit recent news articles about you and stuff like that i was like this is wild and i had some i still didn't get verified and then when google came through which was like Hi, Mark. Like, do you want to be a star in this town? You better be submitting. Yeah. George Clooney submitting <laughs> news articles every day. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, sorry. I guess I don't want it bad enough. Uh, but the Google thing was clutch. So I joke with dad about it. I hope it doesn't sound like we have a bad relationship. We have a very funny relationship. But no. I always like to remind He's- him. I was like, give me the domain. They don't even know you exist anymore. You're off the grid. You won. You never got a Facebook account. The system worked. You know? It sounds like his cruelty has spurred you on to your <laughs> absent father but he's been against <laughs> and that's motivated you too <laughs> exactly that is it listen and he and i joke all the time he's like tell whatever story you need to if it makes us money you know i'm like hell yeah okay i'm in <laughs> i do i want to do say one sincere thing just at the end that uh meeting you two years ago it was very fun but more than that it's been awesome knowing you as a friend in Cincinnati, as a guy out here in the world doing things and and making your way with everything you're doing. But what I mean to say is I felt very supported by you. You're an encouraging person. You're someone who takes the time to do this podcast, which is amazing. Supports other artists and people who are trying to do things in Cincinnati, like, you know, it's independent. You've been a great advocate for the festival. So I, I think that that is very valuable and I'm very grateful that you're, it's so easy, I think, to to kind of get in your own lane and just sort of push everybody out of the way. But you're someone who's been so supportive to to those around you. So I want to thank you for that. Dude, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm like, oh, you're going to make me emote on yeah, on recording? Oh, oh, I but I do love doing it. No, dude, that means so much. Like, look, the short take of this is that for a long time, Cincinnati was a place where your creativity, unfortunately, did not get the opportunity to thrive. There weren't a lot of you know, there just wasn't a lot of stuff happening in this industry. And then cool stuff started happening in the last 10 years pretty frequently. And there's a lot of lot more opportunity for creative people. And I just think about how nice it is now for people to be able to do this. But we still all need support. And I don't want to be like, nobody supported me. It's not like that. But like it was the times were different. And when I needed somebody, there wasn't even really the option to have that. So now that I'm in a position where I might be able to offer something to someone else, like, I don't know if I can do it. It's worth it to me. So like, I'm happy to do it. Thank you guys for doing cool stuff like this. Like, thank you for providing opportunity for other young creatives to come out and do something that matters and might hopefully change their life for the better too. So truly, I mean, it. it's, it's been awesome. Glad to be here. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll build towards even better things ahead. So it's really fun. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Thanks again. That's that, that's the episode. Hi everybody. Bye. <laughs>